In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Welcome, ladies. Welcome to Older Women Likewise. So um, tonight, I thought we'd start out with Ecclesiastes 9.9, which says, enjoy life with the woman whom you love. And, you know, our happiness is important to God. In fact, I love that he tells um, the nation of Israel in Deuteronomy 24.5, when a man takes a new wife, he shall not go out with the army, nor be charged with any duty. He shall be free at home one year to give happiness to his wife whom he has taken. I just think that's so beautiful. Isla, would you introduce our special guest today? I certainly will, Cindy. This is Jensen Nicholson. She is the author of God Then Us with her husband, Adam. And she's with us this evening to talk some about the book, but especially about the godly principles, the Bible principles that, you know, that she has talked about and written about in the book. And we're really glad to have you with us tonight, Jensen. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tell us Welcome. something about yourself. Well, um, I'm Jensen. I'm married to Adam. We have been married um, a little over a year and a half. Um, we wrote this book about our first year of marriage. It's been out, I think, about two months. So really, I finished writing it um, right around, right after our first anniversary. So, What a great project for the two of you guys, <laughs> your first year. Wow. And it's what a great thing that eventually, you know, your kids will read that as, as well as other newly married couples. So good for you guys. What a wonderful project. It was, it was oh, a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I could, I like the way that you wrote it where you wrote some and then Adam wrote some. And I, I like that give and take back and forth with it. Uh, we want to especially thank Joanna Clem uh, of uh, Truth Publications for bringing you to our attention uh, so that we could have you on the show tonight uh, to talk about that first year of marriage. Um, wanted to ask you, what did you and Adam learn from the tornado and the theft on your wedding day <laughs> was a great opening story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking about this tonight. So, you know, obviously if I didn't have those two big events, you know, I'm, I may not have wrote, written a book. I may not be on this podcast right now. So I think the biggest thing to take away is, you know, God uses us in moments like that for his glory. It may not be in that moment. It definitely wasn't in that moment, but later on, uh, he definitely can use us for his glory. Um, when things like that happen. Mm -hmm. I totally, I totally agree. And I think that's a good thing to ask ourselves every time something does take a downward twist, everything, every time some, a big challenge all of a sudden surfaces, 
ask yourself, what is God? What can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And how can how can we use this as leverage to to just get tighter together in our marriage? Right. Things like that can pull you together or they can drive you apart. And it's just beautiful that the, the things that you expressed about how you and Adam uh, faced them and what your thoughts were. And, and as you said, the, for the glory of God and not uh, to be a, an instance of sin. I just think that was really great. When you were dating, of course, you know, our show is older women likewise, and we're older. So I was wondering if you could maybe share with us uh, what perhaps older women, uh, older Christian women, how were they helpful to you uh, in that dating process and uh, as y'all were marrying? And how can, how can we older women help younger women? Sometimes the generation gap feels so much. Yeah, um, I think my mom and my grandmother really kind of pushed me um, along the way. They really kept a close eye on me when me and Adam were dating. Um, there were several times my mom might say, you know, hey, that wasn't really respectful what you said to him, you know. And I didn't like hearing that at the time. But, you know, things like that are good for us uh, when done the correct way. And I have several older women who are great examples to me that um, have kind of showed me how to be a good wife and things like that. And people were always encouraging um, to me and Adam. My grandmother actually pushed me to talk to Adam because I was going to ignore him at first. <laughs> and my grandmother said, you know, he's, he's from a good Christian family. And um, obviously he goes to church. He loves God. He's a good guy. And she said, I'm going to whoop your tail if you don't go talk to him. So <laughs> thank you, Hannah. <laughs> I, you know, Mark and I married so young. I was 17 and he was 20. And we only knew each other four months. And so when I asked my mom, you know, um, I'd like to marry my mom and dad, you know, I'd like to marry Mark. And she said, okay, but there will be no running home to mother. So that in a way, that really helped me. So sometimes, yeah, it's a kind of advice that you had, like, honey, I noticed this or that. And other times it's like, work your own stuff out, you know, once you're married, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jensen. I was just going to say, we kind of, we have an agreement, you know, that we don't run to our parents when we have an issue. Actually, we don't really run to anybody unless it's, you know, something really serious that we can't solve on our own. Then we still wouldn't go to our parents because, you know, they might choose a side. And so we just have that really strong agreement that we don't, we don't involve them if we have an issue. And that's so wise. Uh, that was one of the things I noticed uh, in your book that uh, you talked about really separating yourselves from your family. Uh, sometimes that can be really hard because we are intertwined, you know, with family uh, financial situations or uh, just different things. And, and that's really wise that you are able to do that does it ever cause a problem uh no i don't think so um you know early on it was it was a learning process i think but i think we've done a pretty good job of separating ourselves and our parents are really good about just you know just letting us do our own thing if we ask Mm -hmm. for advice they're glad to give it but they don't you know they don't stay in our business and tell us what to do and things like that so we're we're thankful for that Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Um, I, one of the things you talked about in the book that I thought was really good was about serving one another. And we don't mm -hmm. always think about it like that uh, in a marriage. And um, it was really good. Uh, you, you wrote a wise couple told us before we got married to try to outserve each other. Uh, and, and I just talked some about that because I just thought that was such a beautiful example of godliness. Yeah. So we were sitting in our um, preacher's house. We have an older preacher and a younger preacher. We were at the older preacher's house. Um, and that's something that him and his wife told us that that's something that they strive to do and that we should strive to do is to outserve each other. Um, and I think when you really do that, it, it just kind of brings about a different perspective that's really good. Um, and we really do try to do that. You know, a lot of people think that uh, just because I'm the woman, I'm not going to fix his meals and iron his clothes and all that good stuff. But I enjoy doing things like that. That's one form of me serving him. And I want to do those things. And he does a lot of things to serve me too. Mm -hmm. It feels so much better to, when you're gifting service to someone, it feels so much better when you know they're doing it from a willing heart. I remember Lori, Lori Moyer touched on that too. And it's just like, yeah, that's the best is when, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. And I think every person loves a cheerful giver in their marriage. And so, yeah. That's serving one another. I, that's just a beautiful thing. It's marriage. I think that's one of the things that we're um, gifted is that opportunity to kind of, I guess you could say, get over yourself. You know, just it's part of the, it's that step before children come in. Wow. The amount of selflessness once children arrives. And so marriage is kind of a stepping stone toward that um releasing of your own preferences all the time i just think that's very healthy mm -hmm. yeah putting someone above yourself um yeah it's it's really it's a game changer in marriage you know you should do that with everyone as a christian we put others before ourselves. but um i see adam put me before him every single day and that means a lot to me it never goes unnoticed and i really try to do the same for him and it, it just makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I just want to add one other thought to that, too, is the value of making the focus of your marriage even bigger than your marriage. And so when both partners are facing outward towards the world, I mean, like it's not about me. And sometimes it's not even about us. It's like there's no time to waste in conflict that we're supposed to be saving the world together. And our marriage is about showing the world how god's wisdom is the best like yeah. when you live life god's way that it's such a glory to god because it's showing like his advice and his inspired word that's where the answers are to prevent conflict to resolve conflict so i really appreciate your perspective in your book that way yeah one of the things, Cindy, and I were really impressed at the language of your book, the imagery of your prayers forming, it says, forming a barrier around us that is protection from God. I just thought that was so beautiful. And I could really, I could, yeah, we really like that. I just, I just thought that was beautiful. It, it um, I like the way you talked about when you first started, it was awkward. How <laughs> what how did what form i guess how does what's your format how does it look you know so usually um 
we started it like, okay, we're, we're fixing to go to sleep. We're laying in bed. And right before we go to sleep, Adam usually prays for us. He, he said it was awkward. I didn't know it was awkward for him, but <laughs> apparently, it, apparently it was, but um, that has definitely brought us closer. Um, and like I talked about in the book, um, it's, it's a great thing to have someone that you're so close to that there's absolutely nothing that's off limits to pray for. You know, I don't feel silly about anything. I can ask him to pray for something as as simple as, hey, I have a headache, you know, could you pray for that to go away, please, or just anything. I can go to him. He never makes me feel dumb or anything like that. He just stops what he's doing and praying. And mm-hmm. us praying together is really good for us. You know, sometimes we'll have a dis- disagreement or an argument, and uh, he usually wants to pray and you know, it's really hard to be mad at someone when they're praying with you and for you. So right. sometimes, I think he does, sometimes I think he does that to end an argument sooner, but oh. that's a good idea. I guess. Cute. Yeah, I think it's an under, it's an under tapped into resource prayer, you know, um, we don't realize sometimes we're working harder and not smarter and we can work smarter by really asking God for even to change parts of ourselves that are bringing conflict to the marriage. And yeah, having God in your corner and having that as a habit, I mean, the ripple effects of you guys' habit of laying in bed and doing a prayer together. Um, it's, it's almost like a ripple of the, of ripple effect of that is, um, of that vulnerability is, yeah, knowing each other, like what's the thing that's bothering you the most right now in this moment that you're bringing before the throne of God. Mm -hmm. So I love your example. Like that idea alone is like worth the price of the book. (laughs) (laughs) You know, not that you made up this idea, but just your example in that. I just really appreciate it. I really liked the part uh, that you talked about uh, Adam being the spiritual leader of your family. Uh, and that uh, I guess it was your book. I hope it was your book that you ask him spiritual questions. Is that your book or have it something else? Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to be in trouble. I liked that. Anyway, talk about that because I think sometimes Excuse me while I keep talking, asking you a question. But sometimes women say, I want the husband to be the spiritual leader, and then they keep taking over. Mm. What can? What do you suggest? What is what you have found that works well and, and from what you've learned? So I found if you, if you find a, a good Christian man, then there's, there's no need for me to even want to take over because he just does that role so well. Um, like I said, he always makes sure that we pray together. We have Bible studies together. You know, he makes sure that we're always at church. Um, he just does a great job with that spiritual role. Um, he makes sure, you know, if he thinks there's anything in my life that's not right, he calls me out on it. Um, if he thinks there's anything going on that's um, just not quite right, he knows about it. And he will not stop asking until he finds out what it is and how we can fix it. Um, so I think it is easy for the women to kind of try and take over that role. But I think the men want to have that role. We need to let them have it because that's how God wants it to be. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think when we're, when we willingly follow 
his wisdom that reinforces his um wanting to lead so being yes. you know being easy to be led in all the right ways and all the right ways you know that encourages him to be the leader that he can be but i guess i do also want to speak to the women that that are struggling because we don't maybe aren't married to someone that that mature spiritually Mm -hmm. And and maybe there can be some ideas in the comments at this point of what what wisdom can we as the other women that are watching? Um, what is your input on this? What are some ways for the less mature man who isn't leading? Um, how can we encourage him to take the lead? And and the only thing that's coming to my mind right now, I'll just kick off um, hopefully a series of ideas in the comments section is to ask him questions instead of taking the lead saying something like do you think it would be beneficial if we did devotions with the kids at night um what are your thoughts about that and just asking the questions that maybe you know you may have some ideas that just hadn't occurred to him and so maybe that's one approach to not taking the reins but encouraging leadership is asking a question about the kinds of activities that you think would be beneficial for the family to grow spiritually? That's, that's a good idea uh, because it is awfully hard when, I think especially with little children, because generally speaking, the mother is the one who's doing the teaching of little children, young children. And uh, it really is helpful if uh, the wife, encourages the husband to you do could you do this with what do you think would be good you know yeah. would be a better thing to do uh, and that's great because uh i think um that you uh touched on it too uh jensen in your book when you said if anyone deserves our kindness and respect it's our spouse sometimes people think the way to get a person to step up is by berating them or being rude to them. And that that's not it. He needs and deserves our kindness and respect. Right. Uh, we have a comment from uh, Margaret Berry who says, we can study passages such as Ephesians 5 together and talk about the different roles. And we can thank our husbands when they start to take the leading role, which I can really, oh good, thank you. I can really see that uh, in your home, Vincent, this is what you're doing. You're, you're really encouraging him, sort of boosting Adam up in, in those things as well. Yeah, and he's told me before, um, he's like, you know, whenever you give me encouragement, that makes me want to do better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and like I talked about in the books, you know, someone gave me that idea. Um, I don't remember where I got that idea from, but that a way to encourage him to be a spiritual leader is to kind of force him to study. And if you, you know, sometimes you have biblical questions and you go to Google, well, you can ask your husband, hey, do you, what's, what do you know about this? And then that makes him want to open his Bible up and read. And then suddenly yeah. having a Bible study together. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, another one of our commenters says, you know, we were talking about belittling someone or just pushing them, but, or shaming him. That's not, we don't encourage somebody to be better by telling them how bad they are, you know, 
it's as you say, Jen, ask the question and and look for it together and, and, and work for things like that to make it so that you can encourage him to be the spiritual leader. I think that was really good. Um, one thing I was wondering what um, uh, what your thought of it is, and again, it's a generational thing. My grandchildren are just beginning to get to the age to marry, and uh, it's still a while yet before I, and I probably wouldn't be that involved because they live far away, but when, what can older Christians do when a younger couple is having problems and uh, you can see the disturbance, you know, you, you see them enough to where you can tell there's something going on. What would be a good thing that older Christian women can do to help in a situation like that? Do you have any thoughts or ideas on that? Cindy may as well. Um, yeah. So whenever we talked to, um, we actually sat down with both of our preachers and their wives, um, and they both told us at separate times, you know, if you have problems in your marriage, we want you to come to someone like us because we can sit down with you and we can figure out the problem. And we're not going to take sides. We're not going to talk down on either one of you. We're not going to judge you. So I think that's important is to have someone who is unbiased that you can go to and really tell the whole truth and they're not going to tell other people and they're not going to judge you and they mm -hmm. can really help you um, just fix the problem that's there. I love how you're saying that you both go. So I think, I think that's the best, um, you know, and look at the, in, the only exception to that is in some kind of domestic violence situation that needs to be separate counseling, but I, any other case, I love that the person is there you know, that they're, you're together and you've heard the counselors say the same things and, or the advisor, you know? So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that because you can kind of debrief on your way home and say, well, remember when he said this and that, what do you think of that? Or, um, I'm not sure if this fits in here, but one of the best advice that I heard was, um, we used to do marriage classes. We would use the Gary Smalley series called hidden keys to loving relationships. And he had this idea where you kind of take an inventory. And so you go like on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate our marriage? And you could do that. Like, how are we doing spirits? How are we doing with communication, romantic bonding, um, home life, fan finances, children, like on a scale to one to 10, what, how do you feel we're doing? And what would it take to bring it closer to 10? So that seemed to be something that was really preventative on conflict and that really stuck with me. So I often share that idea that we learned from the very small video series. Yeah, we have a book too. Um, it's by Sean Bain that we're doing in our Wednesday night Bible class. Okay. It has a, it has a very similar thing um, where you rate things. And so me and Adam kind of did that separately. And then we kind of came together to see if we had the same scores. And we did, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I think that is a really good tool. Yeah. Yeah. Just to really take inventory and evaluate and like, well, what ideas, you know, and unless, cause it, sometimes it won't come up naturally. You almost have to invite it to come up. We, we have a couple that we're close to every anniversary. They have that as part of like, okay, they go out to dinner, but they're like, let's look at every aspect of marriage and in what ways could we bring it up to attend? That's, those are really good suggestions. I really do like those. Um, we 
are going to, I think we've pretty much covered without reading your book aloud, uh, Jensen, we really have covered a lot of what you've talked about in your book. I really enjoyed the reading of it. And uh, I'm really, I'm glad to have a copy to give to one of my grandchildren, hopefully, uh, you know, down way down the road when that somebody decides to get married, because I think it's really great advice. Uh, it's, it's good practical advice and it's good Bible advice as well. We're planning to give away one of the books, a copy of Jensen's book to one of our viewers and just somebody who wants to have it, just give it, take dibs on it. Tell us we need yep. it. We can use Call this. <laughs> We're the ones that want it. Call us. So we just put it there in the, in the uh, contacts for us and, and, uh, and then we'll uh, get in touch with you so that we can get the address to mail it to in the United States only. We only can mail it in the United States, so <laughs> just and it's just the first person, right? The first yeah. person who dibs is it first gets it. Person who takes dibs on it. Oh, we've got one. <laughs> I would love a book. So all right. So we've got somebody who wants a copy. All right. So that yeah. is great. We'll get that sent out to you. Um, we want to uh, again be sure that uh, our readers know that here's a good book. It would be good for you to read. Uh, if you're a young married, it would be a really good book for a gift that uh, you might uh, give to somebody because the more godly biblical literature we have in our homes, the better all the way around. I really think so. Uh, it's available. I think it's, it's um, spirit publishing spirit building is the publisher but it's available at uh truth publications and again we thank joanna clem for uh get, putting us in contact with you i know before we uh go or as we close out cindy's got some things that she wanted to add uh, from an older woman's perspective about marriage so cindy we'll let you uh talk a little bit and then i'll finish it up all right. Sounds perfect, Isla. So I guess I would like to say outward focus on this first year of marriage. You know, you're building some habits that are going to last a lifetime. So get your systems in place in every way, whether it's relational, financial, homemaking. Figure out what works best for the two of you. It'll probably be unlike in some ways, unlike um, how you grew up, but in some ways, you know, maybe his side has a really great way of doing something in one area and your side the other. And sometimes you do things in a whole new way, but get those systems all in place because the cumulative effect of having really good automatic habits in your life, the dividends of that when you've been married for decades is really going to pay off. So I had that. And like I said, be outward focused by being involved in the lives of those in your local congregation. So yes, tending to each other's needs, but really both of you focusing outward and making, the, making a difference in the world, making a difference in your congregation, that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I'd like to add, if there's conflict, you know, sometimes it's a matter of compromising and meeting halfway. But sometimes it's just a matter of refocusing on what you do have um, and figuring out a way that you can come to peace with, you know, if, if you have a certain need, you can accept um, going without that 
can sometimes be the answer. Or, you know, there may be another way that's biblical that you can have a certain need met that your husband doesn't have the capacity for. So um, I would say also accept the changes in life and adjust your expectations accordingly. And then lastly, I would say um, gratitude is a long way. Remember how you felt the years that you were waiting to meet your husband and tap back into that perspective um, to help you again view your husband like the priceless gift that he is and choose the words and the actions toward him that will leave no doubt in his mind how much you adore and respect him. Look at things that make your spouse and others unique and develop the habit of praising him in those things. Um, yeah, so I think that's about it. I would also add, um, in addition to this great book that Jensen has read, if you, I would like to, to invite the audience to participate by asking what marriage books have made the biggest difference? in your life we all agree the scriptures alone you know think about how many hundreds and thousands of years the world went on and great marriages without any anything that man ever said but if you have a recommendation maybe other women that are watching tonight really benefit from the best marriage book you've read that's great that's good that would be wonderful because we want to do our best to get those, that information out to our audience because sometimes we don't hear about that. And that's really good uh, about uh, marriage books that really are helpful to you. Um, continuing with the uh, marriage theme and the husband theme, next week, Laurie Moyer is going to be with us to talk about is your husband your friend? Uh, and so she'll be, Jensen spoke to us from that new marriage, young marriage outlook. And Laurie uh, will be talking to us from having been married for a while. So we're looking forward to having her with us next week. Uh, and that's uh, November the 12th, uh, again at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Be sure to tune in to Answering Religious Error on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Uh, and to the question and answer on Wednesdays at noon. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us. Thank you so much for those who have shared our videos and our articles uh, because we really want to encourage and edify Christian women. We want to do all we can to help make our homes as strong as they can be in the Lord. And we appreciate so much all that you have done to help us to get the word out. Cindy, anything else you'd like to say? I just want to say thank you, Jensen. You did a great yeah. job. It's such a blessing. We spoke on the phone before this interview, and I'm just such a such a good example of the wise wise use of time in this first year. You know, every moment counts, and so mm -hmm. let's make it count. Hey, turn off the TV for a year. You know, I mean, like, what if you really focused on each other? And you guys had to have been doing a lot of that to write this book together. And so I would just really encourage folks to focus on each other, especially that first year. And really have that vulnerability like you guys share and enjoy in that prayer time at night. Love it. Thank you. Thank you.
That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jensen, for being with us. We really do appreciate it. And thanks Thank for you. everybody who tuned in. Good night. Good night.